All right. Well, hey, I want to welcome everybody, those uh, tuning in for the first time and those coming back to us to our Care Team podcast. This is episode 83, Thursday, the 21st of April. And we just want to say that um, today's topic is going to be very heavy, uh, but very timely as we are going to talk about National Child Abuse Prevention Month. Um, and because we have such heavy topics on our, our cast, we like to do a soft start. And Tommy is always faithful to bring <laughs> us a fun soft start. First of all, I, I just want to say I can't believe it. We're talking about the 21st of April. We just got into April. Mm. So anyways, I hear you. It's crazy. One step closer to sunshine and warm weather. <laughs> I, I thought it'd be here by now. Yeah, <laughs> me too. It should be here yeah. by now. Uh, okay. So we just had Easter. Uh, praise God. Uh, resurrection. Uh, just awesome celebration this yeah. past weekend. Yeah. So just uh, so grateful to, to gather and to celebrate uh, Jesus overcoming death. Um, but uh, as we do know, on Sunday, there was a lot of candy purchased and given out. So uh, probably a lot of, a lot of parents uh, diving into their kids' candy. You know, anyways, uh, uh, I think we're all guilty as parents. That's right. So, yeah. That's right. But anyways, and as somebody mentioned before, it might even be a right. We're, we're, trying, to get, we're trying to figure that out just yet. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, so Lori, what are you, what is your favorite candy uh, of all? And then we'll go to your actually, yeah, we'll go. What, what's your favorite candy? I just, I just like candy. <laughs> like I like, I'm chocolate is is definitely my top most. Definitely dark chocolate, good mm-hmm. dark chocolate. Um, but I like any kind of candy at Easter any, time. Anything, anything particular at Easter that just stands out? Um, I like all jelly beans. Okay. I've been kind of addicted to the Brock's red jelly beans this year. It's mm. a mixture of like cherry, strawberry, raspberry, watermelon. Okay. The best. I just finished off my stash like five <laughs> minutes ago. Um, I the only, I like like traditional just colored jelly beans except for the gross ones. The white and the pink ones are gross. Those are always the ones she that are She does left. have a least favorite. Yeah. She was saying she doesn't, but I think those might yeah. be the least yeah. favorite. Yeah. So yeah. no Harry Potter jelly beans in your future? No, no, no. no. <laughs> and I really, one of the things I really like that a lot of people don't yeah. are the, the little, <laughs> they come in a styrofoam egg carton. Oh, yeah. And they're chocolate-covered like marshmallow eggs. I love I those. I like those, okay. too. Okay, yeah. right yeah. on. Tom? Yeah. My favorite has to be Starburst jelly beans. Discovered those, those probably good. about 15 years ago. Yeah. And they've been a staple ever since. And uh, I'm just, those of you who know me, I love jelly beans anyway. Yeah. Um, and Starburst jelly beans are up there. Yeah. For me, it has to be the Reese egg. I mean, I know that's that's a classic for most people. I'm convinced there's something they do with the Reese egg at Easter time <laughs> that they don't do the rest of the year. Oh, with that's Reese's, funny. So. More sugar, maybe. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's delicious. Yeah. It's Easter, so it's more love. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> more peanut butter in there. It's, yeah. yeah. Now, what about your, your least favorite candy? Mm. Well, when you were bringing this up, it was really hard to think about a least favorite because yeah. uh, Easter. Now, at Christmas and even mm. Halloween, I can think of things that people give out I don't like. Yeah. Easter's tough. I, th- I think I think you stumped me on if, that if, one. If you had to get rid of one, though. If I had to get rid of one, I'd probably go with what Lori was saying. And, like, I would get rid of some of the traditional jelly beans. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Right on. Now, besides the, the gross pink and white jelly beans, uh, probably. <laughs> the pink ones are I have bad. a strong opinion uh, about uh, that. I agree to disagree. So. Um, <laughs> the malted, whatever. They're like malt balls, only they're egg-shaped. They're chocolate-covered. Really? Okay. I don't like those at all. I like what? those. Those yeah. are good. Yeah, yeah, I like those, too. If I had to go without one thing, well, my second to least favorite is the anything Hershey because it gives me migraines. So 
Sorry, Hershey, but the the absolute worst though. If I could get rid of anything, it would be the uh, Cadbury eggs. I cannot do Cadbury. What? Yeah, my that's my second favorite. Oh, like is the it? mini eggs or the cream eggs? Either one. Now I don't like the cream eggs, but the mini eggs that are like a giant M M&M and M with a hard shell on them. Yeah, I, I can't. Do I it. don't it's like the cream filled ones. They yeah. they kind of gross me out a little. They're a little rich. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and then some- they look so much like an egg. It's, I just I can't do that. <laughs> I think I think Tommy's anti-British. That's what it is. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Cadbury's a British company. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Well, uh, but as as we dive in today, uh, just as Tom mentioned, uh, you know, we have a pretty serious topic today, and. Uh, a uh, pretty serious issue, and and that is the the maltreatment of children, mm. and uh, you know we we know that it's National Child Abuse Prevention Month, and uh, we just want to bring awareness to that, and uh, you know because it, it you know maybe it's not impacting somebody your in your household, but it could be impacting somebody that you know, whether it be a friend or or, or their children or yeah uh, a, a relative. So yeah, and and I want to say right up at the top of this that we're not talking about correcting children. No, we're not talking about a little swat on the bottom when they're two years old because they ran into the street and you're trying to save them. We're talking about both mental, emotional and physical abuse, things that are going to leave lasting effects. Or did did you say sexual? I didn't. Okay, yeah. So yes, yes. Um, You know, just some of the the statistics we were talking about this before are just staggering. I mean, like uh, it says here, the national rounded number of children who received a child uh, protective services investigation response or alternative response uh, for 2020 was three million one hundred forty-five thousand. Wow! And uh, you know, we start thinking about the number of children, and one of the things we we're talking about too is, you know, uh, the amount of money it it costs to to do that well, and you know, and what you know, what how how we could better our society with you know, instead of having to do investigations, you know, uh, you know, you could you could spend that money in other ways too. But when you start thinking about um, you know, just uh, the percentage of children. So, like, it says here that uh, in 2019, uh, an estimated 1,840 children uh, died as a result of oh abuse and neglect. That's an average of five children a day. Um, and that they, uh, it says here, however, studies also indicate significant undercounting of children maltreat- maltreatment facilities by some state agencies by 50% or more. It says that's roughly 25% of your child's elementary school class. Wow. So one in four. And that's so hard to... Yeah. To even kind of fathom. And I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned neglect, you yeah. know, and that's withholding things like food, housing, clothing, medical care, supervision, but even attention, uh, keeping kids away from education and school. Believe it or not, all of that falls under neglect. And I can remember um, a guy that, that I was friends with who uh, passed away a few years ago, but he was in recovery. Good dude. Um, but his parents used to, the way they would punish him is if he was, when he was a kid, if he got in trouble, they would literally pretend he didn't exist for a week. Whoa. That's awful. That, that was their punishment. Mm. And as an, as an adult, as you know, he's in his forties when I met him as an adult, he used to talk about, I would have rather been hit or had, you know, some immediate consequence. He said, you know, that was the worst kind of, of torture. And so sometimes we don't give neglect, uh, the, the power that it has and, and how that can really change someone's life forever. Yeah. You know, uh, that, that's, I hadn't even thought about, you know, just not even treating a children like a child, like they even exist. I couldn't imagine, you know, when you start thinking about the second, third order effects and what that's like and what the child is thinking, you know, and the, uh, just the effects they're going to, that's going to impact them the rest of their life. Um, 
you know, one thing uh, Jill and I were talking about just this past weekend, uh, uh, Rick, our, uh, uh, our adult pastor, uh, adult ministry pastor, he was talking a couple weeks ago about uh, his interest in understanding, not really, I don't want to say interest, but like uh, just this drive to understand cults and how to, how to identify mm. cults and things like that. And so Jill and I, we were listening to something about cults and they were talking about in this particular cult, when the child uh, got in trouble, one of the things they would routinely do is turn the stove on and put their hand on the oh, stove. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh my gosh. And burn their hand. Yeah. Just wow. to say like, you don't wow. do that anymore. Um, you know, one thing we were talking about too was uh, uh, before the, before we got started was uh, uh, fentanyl. And just thinking about, you know, how many times are our children, you know, uh, are, you know, I, I guess it's like a combination of, I guess, neglect would be if their parent is is using and mm-hmm. abusing drugs. And, right. Uh, in a study of 513 children exposed to drugs, um, you know, like, and this is in utero, uh, rates of abuse were two to three times that of other children in the same geographical area. And so, like, just thinking about, like, you know, kids who are being exposed to, to drugs uh, is just, you know, from conception you know, through their, their lifetime. People need to know that that's actually considered by law abuse in most states. Yeah. So if you're listening and first of all, we want you to get help for yourself anyway, but if you're listening and you're struggling with addiction and you have children, you need to know that you could be arrested and be in trouble just for doing that in the the presence of minors. And so not only for yourself, do we hope that you would get help, but also for your children. Yeah. Yep. And, and again, folks, we're, you know, some of these statistics we're reading, you know, uh, you know, ourselves and just, we, it, it's, it's hard to even to say these statistics. You know, you think about the, the number of children, uh, like one of the, the things I read earlier was that, you know, the number of children who are referred to, uh, the, or that there's a phone call about CPS, uh, every year that can fill, uh, 10 modern football stadiums. Wow. And, you know, just, you just, we have to be aware. We have yeah. to know that, that this is a serious issue. And and when we think about children too, I mean, children of all ages. I mean, even even up until they turn eighteen, their their minds aren't fully developed, so they don't even fully understand and know. So, uh, so it, it's important to to stand up for children and to ask questions and to be the advocate for them. Because I mean, I think about like my fifteen year old son. He mean, in two years he'll be eighteen. He still doesn't understand. You know certain things that are important and why it's important. And so, uh, you know, it's just, it's so important as, as us as adults um, and as a church to, to be aware uh, of what's happening. You know, there's a saying that hurt people hurt people. Yep. And so you were talking about the positive things you want to teach your son. But the other thing to remember is that um, we, you know, we pass on our sins and abusers create abusers. Yep. And and I think about what Jesus says about, you know, <laughs> better to have a millstone tied around your neck and be drowned in a lake than to lead one of these little ones astray. And so the responsibility we not only have as a child's parent, but even as a, as a, a Christian community and a community at large to watch out for abuse, to support one another in parenting. Um, I wanted to read if you guys will... Um, Uh, Give me a second here. I'd love to read a list of just if you're, you know, if you live in a community, you live in a neighborhood, you're you're around kids to watch for these signs, frequent bruises, um, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and this is especially in places kids don't usually get bruises, um, weird stories to explain injuries, not wanting to go home, uh, avoiding their the abuser, uh, whether that's a parent, a guardian, an aunt, an uncle, 
um, avoiding being with others in general, just kind of becoming reclusive, showing signs of emotional trauma like fear, anger, trouble relating or trusting others, being sad or depressed, uh, being a bully to others, just like we were just talking about, kind mm-hmm. of passing on, uh, imitating the behavior, hurting themselves like cutting, having nightmares or trouble sleeping on a really regular basis, acting out in class, having trouble paying attention, being hyperactive, and then things like using drugs and food, et cetera, as an addictive sort of escape. Yeah. And, and uh, that's not an exhaustive list, oh, but yeah. those are things yeah. to be watching out for. I mean, as you're reading that, I was just like, man, like that's just... It, and what makes me kind of sad about that, you think about these kids and they grow up in these ways and they, they have no idea that it's not normal or it's wrong. And so they, they don't say anything or they're afraid to say something. It's yeah. Heartbreaking. Well, no. And, and I, I love that you brought that up because I know we've talked in the past about, you know, uh, individuals and, and families that we see here at church or uh, things we've read about or, or see on the news It's uh, or things you hear or read about. Uh, there are people who who simply don't know that what they're doing uh, is not either socially acceptable or that what they're doing, they don't know that it's illegal, they don't know that it's immoral, they don't know that it's not biblical. And so it, it's so important to, to, to catch that early because, you know, when they start building these habits and these, these, these rhythms and, and these, uh, they start having these lifelong trends of doing something or coping in a certain way, it's like it can just be really tough to break. Yeah, so no, it's good. Um, you know, uh, one thing you were talking about on that list, you know, as I was thinking about um, one child uh, in particular, uh, I remember uh, it was just uh, devastating. Uh, I we were helping out at a missions downtown, and uh, at a at a uh, what do you call it a park, and this little kid walks up, and I'm like, this kid is no older than four. And the kid just start walking away, and I'm like, "Where, where's this kid going? Like, there's no parent around." And mm. you know, my, my kids were like ten, seven, and six, or something, or no, something like it, ten between ten and six, somewhere in that age. And I was like, you know, I I would be nervous if any of my children, let alone a four year old, was running around. And so just you know, just understanding that, like you know, some people would argue, well, you know, we were doing that when we were four. Uh, some people would argue, well, it's uh, you know, it's it's the news, you know, and we just know more about these cases and things that happen. But at the end of the day, it's still a dangerous thing to do right. to let your child uh, roam. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, Lori, you reminded me of something I was told a long time ago. And a good friend of mine I've mentioned on here before that was a mentor to me for a long time used to say, you know, when kids are growing up, a lot of times that concept of God, especially knowing Jesus personally, isn't there. And the... Uh, in quotes, the God of their life is their parents. Right. And, and so even though, um, we might look at their relationship with their parent and say, that's abusive, et cetera, they love their parents. And we, we have to keep that in mind and to be gentle and really think about getting professionals involved. Yes. Uh, I think it's good to, uh, if you have eyes on a situation or you have an opportunity as a Sunday school teacher to kind of question a kid a little bit, even at that point, I think you really have to kind of defer to uh, the authorities, if you will, for lack of a better way to say that, to the professionals. Um, you could cause more problems. You might be wrong. There's just lots of reasons to be cautious of entering to that. Now, if you think the child's life is literally at risk, then maybe you keep the kid there at church and keep eyes on them and you call 911. Yeah. But still, 
not trying to necessarily intervene on your own or come yes. come in the way of this. Oh yeah. Well, and, and I, I love that you said that, you know, maintaining contact and contact can be over the phone. It could be, you know, watching from your car. I mean, you don't have to be right next to the child, you know? And so, I, yeah, I love that you said that, you know, the other thing too is, is that we are a, uh, a mandatory reporting state. And I, and I don't know this to be fact and Tom, you might know, or maybe Lori, I think every state, is a mandatory report. Now state. they are. It yeah. hadn't always been that way, but I believe yeah. that is the case now. And it's, um, yeah, you, you, and duty to warn, especially if you're in a situation where you are a Sunday school teacher, a pastor, a, a school teacher, a counselor, we all have mandated, we have to, uh, if we even suspect, we have a duty to warn. That, that's yeah. good to know. I'm glad to know that. Yeah, and, and, uh, and, uh, our local agencies, our state agencies, I mean, they, they are, they have a tremendous team that, uh, can, can help everything from the initial phone call from the hotline, uh, to, uh, to, to DCS and, and, uh, case managers. I mean, there, there's a lot of folks who, who look at this. So it's not just one person making a, a decision, you know, they're just mm-hmm. kind of going off on their own, going rogue. Uh, so I think it's important to know that it's a comprehensive solution. So you're you're not going to get just like, oh, you know, officer so-and-so is going to get involved and it's going to be, you know, I know it's all over. It's like, no, it's, there, there's a tremendous amount of people who, who have That's to step right. in there. So, um, yeah, I actually spent only nine months because the job was so devastating to me. And that's coming from someone who's been a counselor for most of their adult life. But I was a child welfare advocate and specialist for about mm-hmm. nine months in the state of Illinois. And and I just want to kind of come behind what Tom, Tommy just said. And these folk, we owe these folks a lot that have a heart for families and kids and the stuff that they have to see day in and day out, week in and week out to help children. Uh, they need our prayers. They need our prayer support. Mm-hmm. They need our encouragement. Like I said, I've worked with addicts. I've worked with really tough stuff, and and I could only take about nine months of that. It was incredibly mm-hmm. difficult to be a part yeah. of. That. I have a sister that worked in that for years with troubled children, and it took so much toll on her. She finally stepped out of it, and she sells eggs now. <laughs> like she just she could just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. You know, I, I just think about you know uh, stepping into to spaces and trying to extend grace and to love people well, and you know just sometimes you know. Sometimes we just need to be, you know, present for children. I mean, you know, but but if they're being abused, uh, yeah, it's absolutely, you know, so important to report it. But but even after the reporting too, and and I've got the hotline here, and we can talk about that in a second. But you know, I'm thinking about like long term, like what are some things we can do as well to help? Uh, you know, maybe God is tugging at your heart to do fostering. Mm. You know, a lot of times there's like emergency foster right. placement and. Uh, I know places like the the child place, which is local to us in the next county over, they they're very busy, and I know that they are always you know looking for new foster parents, and uh, you know there is a process to it. I don't I don't, I yeah. don't claim to know yeah. that and process. There's, and there's short term, sure. long term, and adoption. Yeah. So I think what Tommy said is great that there's sort of emergency placement where you would literally be watching these kids and caring for them and loving them in the sort of, if you will, like it'd be like the version of going to the ER when they're in that emergency state, they've just been removed from a dangerous situation. Sometimes that can be a 24 hour thing. Sometimes that can be like a week, but it's very short term. Yeah. Then there's long-term foster placement uh, where you might be with them through 
couple years. Yep. Um, and then sometimes it can go longer and you can even start looking at adoption, but don't let, Oh, I've got to adopt these kids. If I help them No, there's all levels of being able yep. to help and, and step in. So I'm really glad you mentioned yeah. that, Tommy. That, um, that makes me think about, you know, yeah. this is not necessarily child abuse, um, but just sometimes stepping in for kids that just need a trusted adult. Um, you know, for example, I know teenagers go through just hard things, just, you know, because they're teenagers and life is hard and they don't necessarily get along with their parents. And, you know, there's someone in my life who is a teenager and um, just kind of going through a rough time, couldn't, couldn't patch things up with their parents temporarily. And, you know, I'm, I know some of the details and, and this teenager is not totally blameless. Um, But he needed a place just to stay just for a night or two, just, and, and if I hadn't opened my home, no telling where he would be or what he'd be mm-hmm. doing. And so just yeah. being that safe place was, you know, I was glad I could do that for him. You know, uh, I, I think about, too, uh, you know, when, you, when you're looking at a child, I mean, the, you may not know this child's name. You may not know their history. But when, when you see another person, uh, you know, whether it be an adult, but we're talking about children in this case, you know, I have to remind myself that every individual person, male and female, uh, is made in God's image. And I'm reminded of Genesis 1. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And then it goes on to give them, you know, the description of what they're supposed to do, you know, have dominion. And then goes on to say, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And so just, just you know, when when we see this over and over again, it's just a seeing that, that God created men and women and that they are, Again, they are created in God's image. And so we're looking at somebody who's a reflection of God. And so we need to, I would just encourage people to to think about it in that perspective. Yeah, and I want to just jump on that and talk about the innocence of children too. Now, now when I say that, that doesn't, I'm not saying that children don't sin, right? (laughs) Um, In fact, we're we're pretty much sinning from birth. (laughs) When I say innocence, what I mean is children do not fend for themselves they don't, they don't reason and think the way an adult does. They often can't care for themselves. And when you attack a child, there's a, to me, there's a particular kind of evil there. I'm just going to say that, um, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, someone of power is attacking someone who doesn't have power. Yeah. And so there's an even greater responsibility there to protect children. We all have that responsibility. And I want to mm-hmm. share this maybe for some adults that are listening that went through child abuse and just encourage you that our church, our care night, counseling, our good places are are places that will help you. Um, I've shared this with my colleagues before here at the church, a really poignant time for me. I was running a men's group at an addictions, a residential addiction center. And so we were having kind of a talk therapy session and a gentleman spoke up and said, that he knew his dad loved him because his dad used to tie him up in the basement and whip him with a razor strap. Mm. And for those of you who have not been through that, you can't fathom what that means. But we have to remember that kids equate attention with love. Mm. You know, we talked about how a severe form of neglect we opened with that was ignoring a child. Mm -hmm. When you correct a child, they really see that as you caring for them, right? That um, a good friend of mine used to say, bad breath is better than no breath at all. Mm-hmm. In other words, they will, they will see that attention as, as love and care. But, of course, that is 
that is not <laughs> love, um, and it and it breaks down the spirit of a child. And so, if you're an adult uh, who has suffered this, I just uh, my prayers and my and and uh, my sympathy go out to you. And I just encourage you: get in some therapy, get in some counseling, come to our care night, come to our church. Um, come down after a service. We'd love to pray with you and get you connected. And if you're listening and you don't come to this church or not in this area, same applies. Get to your local church. Find a Christian therapist in your area. There is healing from this. God can make all things new. God can redeem your story. God can use your story to help others, help other parents that are suffering from being abusers, help other people who have suffered abuse. Um, God doesn't waste anything, and he has a plan for your life, and he wants to prosper you, and uh, and and we just, that's our prayer for you. Yeah. Well, and so as we get a wrap up, I just kind of want to talk about, you know, the, the, the child abuse and neglect hotline for Indiana. And I'll share this number a couple times, 800 800 Five 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 six, eight hundred eight hundred five 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 six, and we'll also put that on our on our posts on our social media. Make sure you have that. We'll give you the link to the Indiana.gov website where there's more information about uh, uh, you know child uh, abuse and services available. Um, you know, and, and I want to let you know too that if if you're ever in doubt, go ahead and call. It's okay to call. That's right. Uh, I literally uh, right before we started today. Uh, there was a little bit of a doubt in my mind about a, a, another situation, and I called 911, and it, and they were great. I was I was able to, to relay what we needed to relay, and uh, I hope that person uh, is is safe and, and is doing well. But never hesitate to call 911 or DCS. I wanted to jump in with the the national hotline as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, especially if you're not in the Indiana area. Yeah, good call. Um, yeah. And uh, give you a couple different ways. One way to do it is one eight hundred for a child. You can call one eight hundred for a child, or if you're like me and you don't know what the letters on the <laughs> on the phone are, then you can call one eight hundred four two two four four five three. One more time, one eight hundred four two two four four five three, and that is the National Child Abuse yeah. Hotline. You know, you know, if you're out there and you're feeling overwhelmed. We know uh, all three of us in this room are parents. We know our kids can push us to the edge a lot. Uh, we go through a lot with kids. And while we know that's not an excuse for abuse, we also understand sometimes how people get there. You know, if you're feeling that way, find a trusted friend, a family that you trust. Go to some relatives. Drop your kids off for a few hours or a day if you need to. Um, I know there are even some community resources um, back where I'm from in Illinois. You could literally drop your kids off uh, for a weekend, no questions asked if you were feeling overwhelmed. So, um, you know, Google search your local area. But it, we all get to that point sometimes where we feel overwhelmed. Don't do anything you're going to regret. Don't do anything that's going to be lasting harm to you or your child. You know, get help. But we just wanted to make sure to say that that um, yeah. this isn't all about people who are constantly abusing their kids. All of us can get to the edge sometimes. And so we just want you to know there's people there that want to love you, help you. Come here on Care Night. We've got free child care. Come hang mm -hmm. out with us. We will pray with you. We will love you. We will figure something out. Two and a half hours every Monday night. That's so, right. Yeah. yeah. I found this last statistic. It talks about... It says average time to answer a call from law enforcement, 14 seconds. Wow. Average time to answer non-law enforcement calls, 16 seconds. So that, that's the state of Indiana. I'm not sure about nationwide, but, but if you call, they will get in contact. They, they, this is a huge priority. Uh, as a church, we take it very serious. Uh, if you ever need somebody to talk to 
uh, please don't hesitate to reach out to someone on our staff, one of our pastors or uh, just other staff members. Uh, we want to help serve you and your family and any child who's in danger. So um, but with that being said, uh, Lori's going to pray us out. So, uh, Lori, you mind praying for us? Yep. Father God, um, this is it's such a hard topic to think about and talk about. And I, I can't imagine looking in the face of a child a small child and just is just not not knowing that there's a God and not not wanting to protect that innocent and that gift those those kids are such a gift to us and I just feel sort of compelled to reach out um, and ask for peace and blessing on the abusers of these children that we know that they come from a hurt place um, and they've done some awful things you know to to get give them peace get them help father um, and these children who are suffering, that you provide a safe place for them, that you show them that there is a God that loves them and, and help them find a way out of their situation. And for people who have older are older and suffered when they were a child, that they, they, they grow and they heal and they learn to take the hard things that they went through to help someone else, God. Um, thank you for the gift of children. Thank you for the gift of of being someone, a, a parent who, you know, has those children that we get to love. Thank you for that. Um, we just ask for for your protection for the most innocent in this world, God. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, don't forget, you can check us out uh, every other Thursday morning at 7 a.m. on Facebook, Amazon, Spotify, YouTube, or Apple. You can also go to mynorthside.com care. And again, we're going to post some additional resources uh, on our social media posts when we hang this uh, if you have any questions. We love you guys, and we'll catch you next time.